Welcome back to Encourage Radio. We do pray that you are ready to settle in, listen in, and get uh, some little nuggets for you during the holidays. We're going to be talking about how to raise generous kids. Oh, boy. I know. It's kind of, you know, when we talk about that during the holidays, we can take several different perspectives on that. But where are we going today? Well, obviously, this is, as you said, landing. Um, if you're listening to this when it's released, um, it's releasing between the holidays. So it's it's the week after Christmas. We're just a few days away from New Year's. And I don't know if this has ever happened. I don't. I, I guess it may have happened to us. Our girls obviously have a human nature. They're um, they ha- they desire things. But you know, what do you do when you shop for your kids and you have all these presents under the tree? They unwrap them all, and then they say something like, "Is that all?" You know what I mean? Maybe they don't yes. say that in so many words, but they're looking for more when they just received a lot. Yes. And how do they, how, how do you begin to teach your kids generosity, the concept of it? When do you begin to teach them? And so what does that look like? I can always remember what a, a, a sort of a, a gentleman in our church said to me one year when he had teenage daughters. And it was the first time they'd ever gone on a missions trip. And it was, a, it was a big step of faith. He comes back from the missions trip, and he said, you know, this is the first Christmas that my daughters never asked for something. It's like, okay, what does that mean? He said, well, when we went on the missions trip, their eyes were opened to how much people do not have. And you know this, Randall. Like He said, I, I watched them take care of stuff that was literal like trash. I watched families sweeping dirt floors, like their floors dirt, but they're taking care of dirt floors. And my daughters were so overwhelmed by that, that when they came home, they were like, why do we have so many pairs of jeans? And I need to start taking better care of my stuff. And I'll never forget hearing him say that. And I've used that story often, um, like when our student ministry is getting ready to go on a missions trip. And in the end, his, his conversation was, how do I teach my kids generosity? The missions trip taught me a lot on that. So how do you teach the joy of giving, maybe is another question, when culture tells you and I that having more stuff makes you happy, mm. right? Like, I know you've been in the store with your kids, even when they're little, like their hand just points at everything. Like before they can ever talk, it's like, uh, 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 uh. You know, and and so they don't know that they don't know that they're not supposed to have all of that. So they just point. But when they get older, we assume that they know that they're not supposed to have all of that, or it's in its appropriate time. But how do you teach that? You know, and so that's what we want to talk about. So now this may be you may be listening when it's released between the holidays, or you may be listening to this somewhere in the year 2024. These are principles you can use no matter when. Um, there's, there's always a holiday, and there's always a birthday around the corner. 
and there's always needs and wants in our lives. We're always sort of trying to curtail selfishness and trying to decipher the difference between is it really a need or is it a want? So, Raina, let's talk about this today. Um, how do we teach our kids what it means to have a heart of generosity? That's one of the stepping stones here um, at Waterstone because we know the Bible talks about it in plenty. The idea of stewardship and generosity is a concept that's threaded throughout the entire um, Bible. We know this. The Bible says that your heart follows the wallet, M- Matthew 6, 21. Um, in other words, where our treasure is, right? We Where our heart is, there, that's where our treasure is going to be. So whatever's in our heart, well, that's what we treasure the most. Mm-hmm. So obviously the key to generosity here we're hearing from the Bible is give the heart the right treasure. Well, how do you... How do you give a 13-month-old um, the right treasure in their heart? How do you give an 8-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 54-year-old, how do you give the heart the right treasure? Because, I mean, man, do we not know this? Money and things have such a stronghold on us. Yes, and I think it just goes back to that foundation of wanting to establish contentment in our child's heart. Oh, that's good. It's not really, I mean, it is about generosity and things like that, but our basic principle is being comfortable in their own skin. Because as we've discussed before, you know, if they're going to the stores now and just like, I want this, I want this. Well, that doesn't stop as a 20-year-old. That doesn't stop as a 40-year-old. Right. So being able to find out that baseline of contentment, that baseline of priority, that baseline of thankfulness, because that baseline affects all of our relationships. Right. Because we'll go back to say, okay, my spouse isn't giving me enough. Oh. My performance in this sport isn't enough. I need more to be better. Wow, that's good. Or this thing, this outfit, I'm going to fit in with the right group. Oh, come on. If I do this. Now, there's nothing wrong with... Things. There's nothing wrong with performing. Performing. Right. There's nothing wrong with wanting your needs met. It's just that balance of what that looks like. Right. And it is up to us to establish that for our kiddos and our family. Yeah. Do we live generosity to others mm. in our everyday life? Are we others minded in bringing that meal? Are we others-minded in bringing that meal to someone we don't even know? Right. Are we others-minded in serving? Right. Um, thinking outside of our own time schedule and taking time for others. Right. That is a heart of generosity as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you brought up such a good point. Well, obviously, contentment is a strong underlying you know, uh, current in teaching your child that. you know. So when we think generosity— Unfortunately, what we think about when we hear generosity is we, we we think about giving up. So, you know, for instance, when I went on a missions trip and uh, an individual kept his eye on my golden pen, all I kept thinking, instead of when God said, give them that, I didn't think generosity. I thought I'm giving up something. So that goes right to contentment. We're, yes. we're, we don't realize that it's okay if I give up, but generosity is not about giving up. Now, here's the deal. Generosity sort of generates power from letting go, 
Like yes. when I let go, that's a step of faith to be content that the Lord will provide, being content that I, maybe I didn't need that, that, that was it was more blessed to give than receive. Like all of us would say, yes, we believe that, but how often is that hard to practice? Being able to give to others uh, shows our ability to let go of attachments that, believe it or not, can otherwise limit our beliefs and experiences. Yes. Like, I didn't know the power of letting go of that pen until after I came back from the missions trip and I just watched God provide in ways that I I did not know He could provide. Yes. And for me, it was being content to not have that. But these seem like hard concepts to teach, contentment, um, generosity, but... Are they are they really? No, they're really not. Yeah. I think it goes back to um, their basis of learning. Yeah. You know, whenever a child is learning, they say kind of like check out one toy at a time and mm. focus on that mm. so you can learn how to concentrate, enjoy what you have. So if you put a child in a room with all kinds of toys all over the place, they have a hard time focusing. It's just right. like this and this and this. So they never finish a task. They never learn how to concentrate on one task at a time. Right. Um, completion. Well, many times as a child, we we have our kids say, hey, you need this, and then they start asking for it. We follow through with it. Then we begin those habits in our lives that we don't realize why they're not content where they are, right. why they're not able to finish that task of a sport. Right. So there's a bigger picture to what, what Christ is giving us directions to do as we learn how to not only appreciate where we are, but also generosity of like sharing what we have, teaching that child to share those toys and that time with someone else. That community is important. Wow. Um, Connection is important with others, being able to relate to others. Many times when we're so self-minded, we don't have time to connect. We don't have time to live out the Great Commission and to serve yeah. others because we're we're a little short on generosity right. in our everyday lives. But that starts back in, you know, how we're training in just the little things. Yeah. You know, when you're in the grocery store, no, you don't need everything on the shelf. Right. You know, you just learn how to enjoy it. And I right. think it's just laying that foundation of, oh, wow, we got to go and just enjoy, you know, hanging out and looking at this little toy today. Yeah. We can put it back on the shelf and we're okay. Well, and I think that's exactly, I mean, you're saying it, you know, in, 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 in a great way and just reiterating, you know, what we're trying to teach here is that generosity actually generates its own power to have better experiences. It sure does. Yeah. It yeah. sure does. Like how, I mean, right, often used illustration, but as soon as we get the latest phone, um, you know, a year and a half into it, like we want the upgrade. Yes. Um, as soon as we get like the latest pair of jeans, well, then trends change, and then everybody's wearing the latest trends, and we're like, oh, I don't know where these jeans... Like things change so fast that it, we don't, we're actually not fostering the idea of contentment and being okay with what I have and being generous. So, yeah, I mean, I think one of the ways is like, okay, well, if the Bible says treasure, I think we have to learn how to define what treasure is. Yes. Treasure isn't always like having the most, having the best, um, having the latest. And um, we have to, Teach them how to put things in proper priority, like you're talking about. That's that's really contentment. 
is putting things in priority. Like, do I really need that? Will that make me happy? We continually learn that it may bring happiness for a moment, but it has um, its seasons. Uh, somebody said this years ago, they said, well, you got to learn how to teach your children, and we need to learn ourselves to value the things that money cannot buy mm-hmm. and death cannot take away. Yes. Now, how do you teach that to a child? That's a very heavy statement, if you will. But I think what you're what you're trying to teach us, Rain, and what, what we're learning here is, is it goes back to the vein of commitment. Teach them what treasure is, like how to treasure that. And you said it so well. Like, don't put them in a room full of toys and just say, "What well, we did that with our girls as best we could. We'd only give them one toy at a time, and then we'd release. And, you know, we had grandparents as well, and the Christmas presents come in and, and so forth. Well, we learned how, like I think you learned it, or maybe already you knew it. We would learn just to keep some of those toys back and not give them all. Like we would hold them for birthdays or hold them for special days or sort of rewards and treats. Because, I mean, think about it. It's overwhelming to a child to get all that at once. And then that kind of sets the precedence for why am I not getting everything I asked for? Like, you know what I mean? Like this is my list. Mm. And that doesn't always happen in life. So we got to learn how to put things in proper priority, like define for your children what true treasure is. Yes. Does that make sense? And just learning how to be thankful yeah. in the little things and to celebrate like, oh, wow, we got to do this today. Yeah. Or, oh, wow, we get to do this today. Or we get to go to soccer today. How fun is that? Yes. You know, we have the ability to go play with friends, but just those little verbiage that you say um, in the midst of it creates those little drops in their heart yeah. of contentment. You did that so well. I mean, I'll be honest. You, you constantly change. And I just now thought of that. I, I, I guess I heard it when you said it. So sometimes we focus on what I can get. Like, you know, like it's, in other words, what I want. Like, can I get this? Can I get this? Can I get this? But the switch in the verbiage, what well, you were like, well, but we get to do this. But we get. Now we say that, like I say that, like in worship, every once in a while, I'll, I'll text the worship team and I'll be like, can you believe we don't have to go to do worship tomorrow? We get the opportunity to worship tomorrow. Yes. You know, teaching our kids. I guess that's what I mean by put things in proper perspective. Like we get to at least go shopping. We at least get to go to a restaurant. We at least get to get in a car together. Like show instead of can I get this, show them what we get to do. Yes. That's such a good way to do it. And it helps you develop into their future years as a teenager. Like Mm. I get to go and have an education or I have the ability to spend this time with my husband. Wow. You know, or, you know, we may not have what we, you know, quite our goals yet, but we get to do this together. Right. I've heard, and I know you have too, and it reminded me when you said this about marriages and I get to spend time with my husband and so forth. I hear more testimonies come out of when when things weren't as plentiful mm-hmm. and you were able to dial in like when we were so busy and we had this, this, and this, but now that we're really like praying through opportunity and breakthroughs, wow, we were kind of blessed when we didn't have cable. If We were kind of blessed when food was a little sparse like we valued every meal like you hear more testimonies come out of times when there wasn't plenty than when you do there is like for some reason that 
that moment of lack really dials in what's actually most important. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and the, you know, the Lord wants us to live with that joy and that, you know, our tank is full so we can overflow into others. Yeah. And it does give us that spirit of generosity to be able to have that, you know, listening ear when somebody's in need or that time of generosity of, Hey, I have time to go, um, go get you some socks that you forgot, you know, um, those little things of being able to see others needs allows you this special joy that God has that, that it's not written. It's not financial. It is yeah. It is a substance that is a peace in the heart that you're just very thankful for. Yeah. I mean, I think you're saying it, you know, one of the things I was going to bring up and you're right there at it was you have to provide outlets of generosity, like model generosity Yes, and, and, and do that. So I can remember, you know, when my parents were start, one of the churches they were starting, I remember the most, and I was really little, we would go to the country club on Saturday night and we would clean up around it and and there were times on Saturdays when I'm like, I want to do this or I want to do that. But my parents, instead of teaching me the lesson, they modeled it. And at the same time, like I, I observed them giving to others, giving of themselves and giving of time. But they also provided me an outlet. Like they would say like what you were saying. They would say like, well, this is your time. Like what we're doing right now is we're cleaning up so others can come in and have church tomorrow. So provide those outlets where they can serve. In other words, if we're always putting them in a room where they're overwhelmed with stuff, but we're not providing space for them to give to others, modeling and living out generosity is one of the best ways to actually teach it. Yes, very much so. I can remember walking across, you know, like most houses, my bedroom was on one side of the house. I'd walk through the living room to where my parents were, and my mom and dad would always give me the quarter, like, "Here's here's your offering, here's your quarter. Um, you know, we want you to put that in the plate or give that in class or whatever it might have been. They provided the the opportunities, and it wasn't just give this. Like they would explain like why, yes. um, or what is that going towards. I can't remember when. It's amazing yeah. that you say that because although my parents didn't go to church and I went with my neighbors, they would always give me you know just a little something to go and to give in the offering. Like they knew that that much yeah. that I could, would go and and give my offering to the Lord, and that did lay a foundation in my life that I didn't know would be there. Wow! And as a new believer, I can still remember you know um, going through some difficult times, but then learning about generosity and it wasn't it wasn't a difficult decision. It was like, oh, okay, this is what I do. Yeah. You know, and I have just seen, you know, the Lord's provision in that. And we have just lived it in so many different ways and those cool stories that you get to share with your kiddos oh, yeah. that maybe when things are tight and we're practicing generosity in different ways, we're like, Lord's going to take care of us, not as a prosperity thing, right. but as um, just watching God move kind of thing. Well, again, you have to remember that generosity generates its own power in giving. Yes. Like the more you give, you actually become more, I hate to use the word addicted, but yeah, you you become more accustomed to giving. Um, whereas receiving is a bottomless pit. Yes. Whereas giving, I mean, th- I mean, that's honestly why the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive, meaning like, it's not that 
it's the blessing and giving it is, but the blessing is that your life's not a bottomless pit of wanting yes. more. Now, your parents were, are, I mean, your mom obviously still alive, very generous. Very generous. Very generous in giving, um, and not just to us, like as family, but just in the time, like I knew that about your dad. Your dad would constantly give up time. Yes. Um, was constantly like trying to cook for others or bring stuff for others. And or the provide. neighbors are helping. Neighbors. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yes. They both have just such a generous spirit. And I think that that laid a foundation, you know, and that's it what did. we want to continue to pass on from generation to generation. Yeah. We have to remember, what are we doing today that's going to impact tomorrow? Right. What are we doing today that's going to... Um, so into the hearts of our children right. for future generations. Right. Um, how are we acting? How are we responding? Is it worth the risk for the right. choices that you're making? Wow, that's great. And you, know, you talk about our parents. Both our parents, I know, taught us the, the value of industry. So you got to put things in proper priority, like learn to teach what real treasure is. But you got to teach your kids that not everything comes to them. Like Just yes. because they want it doesn't mean they can wish it. Um, and, you know, we have to teach our kids. Now, here's a balance. I know some families are like, I want my kids to work for everything. I'm not saying I disagree with that. And then there are some families that are like, well, I want them to have what I didn't have. And so I give this and that. I'm not saying our model was perfect or anybody's model is perfect. I think we're all trying to learn. But one thing that all families can do is teach a level of industry. Like you have to learn how to teach your children that some things our hands have to work for. Yes. But in working for, it's not that we work for to receive, to your point uh, that you made earlier, we get to give some of this away. So like the harder I work, I'm blessed. Well, that blessing actually allows me to do more for others. Or at least if, if there's a need, I'm able to meet not just my needs, I'm able to help meet other people's needs. Yes. You know, like I, you know, I watched your dad um, give when I know there were times that maybe it was tight for them, but they they gave to our girls, they gave to others, and that that, that makes an impression when you know that somebody's working to give and they give where they could have so easily held back, right? Yes. And uh, honestly, an overlooked trait in generosity is working. Yes, we often think that only rich people can give. Well, that's not true. Like all of us have some level of giving, um, and and learning that uh, what what treasure is that God gave this to me. So teach your kids industry. Teach them how to mow lawns. Teach them how to you know chores um, around the house. But then as they're earning those things, whether it's time, whether it's game time, or whether it's finances or whatever it is, as they're earning that, then teach them that it's not all for them. Like you've been blessed, and you would. Now that you've been blessed, but how can you bless others with that? Like Raina, like you were just saying, like your um, your your children. I mean, your parents taught you as a child, like it was embedded in you. So teach them the power of priority. Teach them the power of treasure. Teach them the power of industry. Provide outlets of of, of generosity. Uh, to your point, your parents maybe didn't attend church um, consistently, but your parents modeled like giving. Um, your mom, when she would work the little trade shows and so forth, and she would sell dolls here and there, she was always meeting somebody else's need, like with what she just did, or she was giving giving things away. That that was modeled um, in front of you. Why do we have to be concerned about this? Here's why: 
You and I, one of the biggest things that we can struggle with in our Christian walk is trust in God. Generosity is a constant display of trust in God. Yes. Mm. The natural tendency is to hold on to. Yes. When times are tough for us, pull back. When I have plenty stored away because I never know when the next season's coming. And yet the Bible teaches all of that, but the Bible teaches you and I that we're to be generous. And that's that's a constant reminder to trust. Wait, God, you mean I just got this extra little 50 bucks, you know, here and you're wanting me to give 10 to this family in need? Absolutely. Well, okay, but that's con- con- consistently teaching trust for our children. And one of the ways you can teach your children to trust in God in the future is in the area of generosity. As I've said so many times, over 2,000 times, Jesus talks about generosity. Over 2,000 times. Mm. As compared to 500 on, let's say, faith, 700 on heaven, hell, and salvation, 400 on prayer, if you will. Over 2,000 times. Why? Because he knew that if we could learn the principle of generosity, then we're actually learning an aspect of trust. Yes. And you want your children to trust God. And like Raina said, and you said earlier, Raina, like we want to teach them, like, what am I passing on that will last in the next generation? I can hand down a pocket knife. I can hand down a truck. The pocket knife's going to rust. The truck's going to rust. It may only last three generations. I don't know. It may not even last that long. But trust in God is definitely something you want to hand down to your family. Yes. Like the Bible, of all the things that it talked about Abraham, and it said of all the things that followed him, it says, and his family followed after him, meaning they they followed in the footsteps of his faith. Now, here's a guy that made a lot of mistakes, but here's a guy that did a lot of good. You want your kids to follow in your footsteps of faith. And one of the ways that you teach them to do that is is generosity. So, yeah, I know right now you're probably finishing opening up gifts. And if this has ever happened, it's a universal law. You give your kids this really expensive gift, and they play with the box. (laughs) And you're like, I could have just paid $5 for an empty box and painted the picture on it, right? That's happening right now. They get a new pair of jeans, and then six months later, they're going to want a new pair. It's happening. No matter if this finds you in the holidays or, or in sometime in 2024, generosity teaches priority, it teaches industry, it teaches value, but it teaches trust. Yes, and it's just a it's just a balance. We love giving to our kiddos. Yeah, we love giving to others. Yeah, um, and it's just the balance of how we acquire. Yeah, and just that mental process within it. Right. And just keeping it balanced for yeah. all of us. I think it's just that balanced life that, um, okay, Lord, you're in this. You're going to show us. So, um, of yeah. course, you know, living out generosity to your kids yeah. is also very important. Oh, very important. Modeling, teaching, displaying, demonstrating, constantly keeping it in front of them. Love on your kids yeah. by teaching them how to be generous. Why? Because you're teaching them how to ultimately trust God that you're not teaching them to sort of hog or hold on to or 
hoard. Generosity actually generates power of letting go and trusting, and that is the best way to empower your kids is in the the idea of teaching them to be absolutely generous kids. Yeah. Oh, man, we pray this is a blessing. Raina, thank you once again for speaking wisdom and being here on this. And Jacob, thank you for being here and producing and no listening. And, and so right now, Raina's going to return 400 of the 500 gifts she bought Benjamin for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I'm no. just kidding. She's not. She's, we were just talking about that before, like the little Christmas list for blessing, you know, you guys and little Benjamin, how we just want to buy him every toy and thing in the world so he can play with it. But yeah, we're learning our own lessons on this podcast. <laughs> Blessings on you guys. Of course, Happy New Year's. It's around the corner. If you're listening to this in August of 2024, we pray it's a good year for you. Yes. Continue to trust God. Give back to him. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Talk to you soon. Bye.